LeeTDickey.com. Well, hello, everybody. Lee Dickey here. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Beats and Speaks podcast. Today on a special bonus show, I'm joined by Larry Mormon, a fellow podcaster, to talk all things New York Comic Con because Larry himself has gone to New York Comic Con for several years, maybe even a decade plus. We talk a bit of everything as well. There's a little professional wrestling in there, but mostly Comic-Con from cosplaying, the things he's seen, what he's experienced, why he goes year after year after year. And like I said, he's a fellow podcaster. He hosts Talking More Wrestling, the Yin and Yang podcast, the Better Half podcast, the Retro Gamers podcast. He is the, I suppose, the figurehead of the More Podcasting Network, M-O-H-R, and it was a real pleasure to have Larry on the show. So if you want to find out more about Larry Mormon, my guest, and his plethora of podcasts, I will post as many links as I can find below. You can follow him on Instagram and social media at more, M-O-H-R-365. But of course, I will post as many links as I can find to Larry's stuff down below. Now that you know about my guest, Larry Mormon, and all where you can find him, I'll tell you where you can find me, yours truly, Lee Dickey, and how you can get in touch with me and the Beats and Speaks podcast. The Beats and Speaks podcast is available every Friday. New episodes go live every single Friday at midnight Eastern time on my official website, LeeTDickey.com, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Please do like and rate us five stars because that helps us climb in the rankings which helps us produce more content because I love doing this show and I love giving you guys content and these stories from whoever I have, whoever my guest happens to be. So please do like and rate us five stars, comment, like, share, and subscribe as well. Find us on YouTube under Lee Dickey TV and you can follow me on social media at Lee T. Dickey. That's Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you'd like to be a guest on a future episode of the Beats and Speaks podcast, please do email me at Lee T. Dickey. That's L-E-I-G-H-T-D-I-C-K-E-Y at gmail.com. And we can set something up so you and I can have a good old-fashioned conversation and you can find yourself and hear yourself on a future episode of the Beats and Speaks podcast. But that's enough of the housekeeping. That's all out of the way, so let's get into the main event, the real salt and pepper of today's episode of this show, my interview with Larry Mormon, a fellow podcaster and New York Comic Con mainstay right here on the Beats and Speaks podcast. Hey everyone, this is Larry Mormon from a plethora of podcasts, the Retro Gamers podcast, the Yin and the Yang podcast, the Better Half podcast, talking more wrestling, more of the same and probably more to come. But more importantly, right now you are listening to the Beats and Speaks podcast with Lee Dickey. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages and anyone else with an earshot of the sound of my annoying voice, especially as I sit here in a Starbucks and record this podcast I am joined today by Larry Mormon. He is from New York, and he was 
recently at this year's New York Comic Con. So I reached out and wanted to have him on the show because I've never been to a Comic Con or well, any Comic Con, much less a New York Comic Con. I've only seen it on the internet and TV. So I figured let's get someone who was actually in attendance and who was there to educate me and all of you on the ins and outs and the fun of New York Comic Con. So ladies and gentlemen, I give to you Larry Mormon. Larry, how are you? Thank you for coming on the Beats and Speaks podcast this week. No, thank you very much. Hello, everybody. Hello, world, at this point. Um, we thank you very much for, for the invite, in all honesty. Um, you know, as, as I mentioned before, this is my first international podcast. I'm here on Long Island in New York. I know you're up north there in Canada. And um, I've been preparing. I've been watching Trailer Bark Boys. I've been watching Letter Kenny. I'm getting all my Canadian shows ready to go <laughs> to prepare. Um, we'll, we'll sh- I'll ship you down some, mol- some Molson once we're done. I, that sounds good to me. We'll take it. I, actually, there are some. There is some stuff I've been looking for up there in Canada, but we'll, that may be another another topic for another time with some uh, alcohol or whatever. But be that as it may, um, yeah, no, I'm very happy uh, that we're doing this. Um, very cool, you know, when you reached out and then I started looking, you know, into your show and everything is a great concept, great great show that you're doing, and um, you know, crossovers are always the best. And New York Comic Con is going to be a heck of a topic to talk about. Well, I am looking forward to it, because so, uh, I have never been. I've only seen bits and pieces on TV and YouTube and the Internet in this wonderful world that we live in nowadays, 2019, and the Internet runs everything, or at least we run on the Internet, it runs us. Basically. <laughs> so, why don't you um tell my audience a bit about you and the stuff that you produce and the shows that you are a part of? So I've I've been podcasting myself probably a, probably about six or seven years, um, on and off in the beginning. But now I kind of have this stable of shows, uh, kind of almost like my own network, uh, the more podcasting network, if you will. Uh, I do the um, and forgive me if I get a little long winded here. I do the Retro Gamers podcast, which drops every Tuesday. Myself and my friend Anthony Rippo, um, we just reminisce about the good old days of video games, what we grew up with, our memories of it. Um, we also, and that one's actually on YouTube as well. You can actually watch us for that one. Uh, all these podcasts are available wherever you listen to podcasts. Um, every other Wednesday, I do the Better Half podcast, myself and Frank Messina, where we talk. Life married versus life single. He's married with two kids. I'm single as could be. Uh, so we kind of chit chat a little bit and we shoot shoot the breeze as well. Um, and every Friday, uh, the Yin and the Yang podcast with uh, my friend Anthony Chu, all the all my co-hosts I've known for between 15 and 25 years. Um, and we talk on that one. MMA, martial, well, he talks, MMA, martial arts, health, wellness. We do some we do some goofy radio bits, it seems like, every now and again. And then my two solo projects, which pop up every now and again, uh, Talking More Wrestling, that's M-O-H-R. I'm a huge wrestling fan, um, especially in the landscape now. Um, I'm going to be doing a lot more of those shows. And my kind of go-to regular show, uh, More of the Same, again, M-O-H-R. Uh, where I just hop on once in a blue moon and talk about whatever I feel like. And pretty soon I may be doing one more pot. I'm stretching myself thin, but that probably will come out down the road. And again, you can find us 
all the podcasts um, basically online. You can find me at more365 at mohr. Perfect. I mean, you are a what seems like a one-man show with several co-hosts and several niches and several passions. I, I find myself stretched in because I host two podcasts as well, and I'm playing with the idea of a third. Maybe I'm a bit nuts. Like, I, I host this one and uh, Pinfall, a pro wrestling podcast, which I need to get back to. But there you go. It's just, I'm sort of like juggling five things at once, you know, and with getting uh, guests on this show, I'm just kind of like, all right, can we even handle two shows? So with you, you are, I I am not worthy when it comes to uh, the the content that you put out. uh, I get, I'm punch drunk by the end of the week. I mean, thank goodness the better half is only every other Wednesday I have to deal with. And, um, and it's weird. Like my solo projects, I don't. I, I don't I should dedicate more to them, but obviously with my co-hosts and, and my three of my best friends, you know, I don't want to let them down. So that's why definitely a focus uh, retro gamers, the better half and the yin and the yang are really the three big ones. Uh, but like I said, with the wrestling one uh, and, and since you do a wrestling podcast, you, you'll know the, the way the landscape is right now with wrestling on TV. Um, I'm definitely going to bring that back uh, big time because um, now is better than ever to be a pro wrestling fan. So uh, and maybe we can do an episode yeah. of that down the road. I, I, you know, I would love to. I mean, with the, with the landscape the way it is with uh, AEW and yes. the NWA coming back with NWA Power. Oh, like, shows awesome. Wonderful, wonderful time. Wonderful Absolutely. time to be a wrestling Joe, fan. It really is. Oh, and actually, one more cheap plug. I forgot. Um, I'm actually getting together with some friends of mine on a different podcast. Uh, this Saturday, we're going to be recording um, uh, some some wrestling. We did it once before, right before WrestleMania. We called ourselves the Ring Crew. I don't know if we're using that same name, but um, you know, you can go and so yeah, basically. Um, so yeah, I just love podcasting. I love talking about it. I love doing it. I I tell everyone to do, to do it if they can. Doesn't matter what topic. It doesn't matter if no one's listening or if the world's listening. And, and you know, my inspiration. My hero, if you will, getting into podcasts is Kevin Smith, who has done tons of podcasts. I love his movies. I got to get out and watch Reboot soon. It's just it's not playing out here for some reason. But, um, you know, he's the one that said, you know, do a podcast because when you're long gone, your voice can, you know, people can go back and listen to it and hear you instead of just seeing photos or something. And I'm like, wow, that kind of hit home. And he did like 12 podcasts. I'm like, I can do that. <laughs> you know, that, that was the funny thing. Because I have like, as my listeners know, I come from a radio and television background. And I wanted to basically talk to people. And whether it was talking to the world or talking to myself, this was a vehicle for me to do it. Yes, I, I'm not going to lie. I, uh, I started this show in August of 2017. Was with it until about May of 2018. Left it for about 13 months and then got back into it by complete happenstance. So I can okay. thank my mom for that inadvertently. For basically, uh, there you go. Giving me a V or well, not giving me a vehicle to fall back into, but sort of like giving me a story to tell and uh, put it on a podcast. So that's what it's all about. It's all. And, that's and what we've been weekly ever since. Good. 
you know, that's, you know, some, with everything, sometimes you do something for a long time, then you kind of fall out of it. Not maybe because of disinterest or you just don't have the time for it, but eventually it all comes back and you get right back on the horse and it's, it's like, you never stop. It's like when you see a really good friend after five years, you just pick up right where you left off. We're talking, you know? Right yeah, exactly. It is. It's the greatest thing in the world. It's the greatest vehicle in the world, in my opinion. Yes. Because I mean, without I this, I probably would have never. I probably would have never met you. I probably would have never met any of the people I've had on this show. I mean. Oh, I've met. Bug, like I've interviewed. Go ahead. Sorry. No, no, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. Uh, I was just saying. I, I to to piggyback on what you were saying. I've met so many new friends, uh, new acquaintances. You know uh, what? Almost what I call. My, uh, you know, like, uh, what, what do they call when you work in the same place? My uh, brethren. Oh, that's right. Well, it's not, that's not the word I was thinking of, but I'll call it brethren. Um, you know, and you're the newest one on the list now. Um, so I've met so many great shows and great people through this medium. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's the best. I was talking to, I've interviewed people from Georgia. I've interviewed people from Australia. Uh, you're on this show this week. And uh, it is the, the great, I'm not going to say this is the greatest way to meet people, but I, it is hard pressed. It's right up there as like a hard number two for me. Agreed. Like if you, if you want to meet somebody, just ask them to be on your podcast. We'll start a podcast and then ask somebody to be on the podcast. <laughs> that's the way to do it. Absolutely. And well, that's what we hear now. You know, you're up in Canada. I'm down in New York and we found a common interest. You know what I mean? With, with, with the, uh, with Comic-Con and it's just, you know, the world becomes a whole lot smaller in that, in that vein. The world is all local now since we're all on the internet. Yep. It's, 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 it's scary to think that where we are in our 2019, the entire world is local just for the Wi-Fi connection. Oh yeah. Forget about it. I mean, uh, you're in a Starbucks. I mean, look at that's as local as locals are going to get. <laughs> yeah. I cheap. Well, here's a cheap little tidbit. Like I, when I started doing these interviews at like Starbucks or whatever that were away from my desk, there I would have crowds gathering around like the table that I was sitting at while I'm trying to interview somebody. <laughs> but uh, we are here to talk Comic Con, and you are the Comic Con veteran, if you will. So what, like, what is the draw in your opinion? What draws you? Comic-Con like, year after year, especially with well, with this year, if there's anything in particular that you want to share? Um, you know, it it's weird only because I'm not, you know, when you think Comic-Con, especially a few years ago, you basically just think comic books. It was just a big convention for comic book writers, comic book artists, comic book readers. I never read a comic book. At least I never religiously read comics. You know, I'd pick up an Archie every now and again. But, you know, nothing on the level that, you know, people know the lore and everything like that. So with New York Comic Con, uh, which is right in New York City, right at the Jacob Javits Center, you know, the first thing, which I believe if I remember correctly, it was about 2012. Um, I think I went, it was more because I just knew a lot of people were going. So I'm like, all right. Let me. I've done. Like I've gone to smaller conventions. Uh, there was one called uh, Wizard World. Uh, there was actually a couple called Wizard World that were like in a hotel lobby almost. Those were also in the city. All right, maybe I'll, I'll hit up this New York Comic Con. It wasn't as big as it is now as far as popularity. Mm -hmm. 
size-wise, yeah, still filled up with Japanese. But in 2012, San Diego Comic-Con was still the place to be. So I'm like, all right, we go to New York Comic-Con. I go the first year, I fall in love. Artists, but more the cosplay, to see people to take to dress up into these elaborate costumes. Really, the first time I saw that was back in 2012. This is nuts. Um, they, all, they did have some wrestlers there, so that I liked. Um, yeah. And just, uh, you know, you kind of walk around, you see little different things. Uh, one day, to go a couple of days, to get a four-pack, to go and all talk about a little bit. Um, but it's great to see. And, and you shut down, meaning, like, you don't worry about what's going on. And you just kind of focus on the con, and you're just walking around and having a good time. Yeah, I think that's the greatest thing for me. I don't know if you've heard of this TV show, Toy Hunter, with Jordan Hambro. I have, actually. Okay. Because that's the first time I remember seeing anything Comic-Con related. Because I think that was the pilot they shot. They were at um, New York Comic-Con the previous October or in that, like, that previous fall. And I fell in love with it because I'm in love, like when I was a kid growing up, like Power Rangers was the biggest thing. Yeah. Because I'm only 30, say. Okay. So I'm a, I'm 39. So like I that Power Rangers. I remember them where I liked them. <laughs> like I was yeah. cool. <laughs> yeah, I think when they hit the air, I was about four. I think yeah, I was about junior kindergartner, say. So I remember like just looking at that episode or the pilot of uh, Toy Hunter and just seeing everybody, like you said, in the cosplay and just, I was never big into it. You know, a lot of my friends were in high school. I was never big into that sort of thing. And they were. And then once I saw that, as I started getting older, I started to understand why people were doing it. It was just to have fun and let go and have a good time. And it seems like, New York Comic Con is just a vehicle in the sphere of all these Comic Cons where people are just like, it's a once a year thing. I'm going to just let go and I'm probably going to take a couple of days off work early. Just don't tell my boss. And <laughs> oh, I tell my boss. I'm like, I'm taking off the first weekend in October for New York Comic Con. <laughs> do you do that? And you do that every year. I have. Basically, I have. Um, I've in getting older, I realize that I can't necessarily still do the four days. Um, can't necessarily go Thursday through Sunday anymore. Uh, it's getting you know, a, little, a little tough. But um, it, Friday, here's how it kind of breaks down. And it's and it slowly has been changing a little bit as far as how each day reacts. But basically, Thursday you know, not a big crowd. Everyone's setting up. Uh, and a lot of times you'll go, a lot of people will go on a Thursday to either try and get the scoop on buying something because there's no big crowd or even just to canvas the Javits, you know, to see the floor so they know what to do the next couple of days. Uh, Friday, being a Friday, that's where the crowd starts to kick in. You get a lot more cosplay. You get a lot more uh, stars coming out uh, for autograph sessions. I'll get into some of those in a little bit. Um, so Friday starts to build up. 
Saturday is either you love Saturdays or you despise Saturdays at Comic Con because is it, it is it, crowded. That's the busiest day, I'm assuming. It is. Oh, it's Saturday. it is the busiest. Um, everybody's there because it's a Saturday, so ninety five percent of the people are off anyway. It's a zoo, right? Oh. It's, it can be terrible. It has been terrible in the past, like to the point where like you're literally like kind of just like you got your arms tucked in. You got, you know, you're squeezing down. You're kind of pushing your way through. Um, yeah, it gets it gets ugly, actually, sometimes on a Saturday. And then I can Sunday, only contort myself so much. No, basically, I'm a big dude, so it doesn't help any um, for me. I, I just at this point, I just barrel through. I'm just like, excuse me, pardon me coming through. um and then sunday uh sunday's kids day like family day so Mm -hmm. it is more um, and less people more families more kids uh but as far as shopping wise a lot of times because the vendors don't want to go home with their entire stock that they showed up with so a lot of times they'll cut their prices on a sunday um so if you want to go shopping that's pretty good um so those are like how the days go have it listed at like 95. Hey, you want 34? Yeah, take it, please. <laughs> no, basically, yeah. You're like Friday, it would be like $100. Uh, how about 90? No, 100. Come Sunday, here's 20 bucks and I'll give you a free t shirt. You know, it's, you know, these, sometimes they just don't want to go home with, 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 the, with the merchandise. I don't blame them. Yeah, fair. Well, I mean, they truck it all that way from wherever they're They come from all over. Yeah. And then just. Just like we got to get rid of all this stuff. We're gonna do major business, and then they still have the stuff they came with on the Sunday. No, true, true. Um, and not necessarily brick and mortar anymore because there's a lot. And this is now what I love about conventions, whether it's New York Comic Con, out here on Long Island. There's a Long Island Retro Gaming Expo I've gone to in New Jersey. There's something called Chiller Theater, which I'm actually I'm going to at the end of the month. Um, and it's more. And this is what I love. The homemade stuff the stuff people craft at home whether they're knitting something they're creating something through those perler beads um they're painting something whether it's movie related video game related that's the stuff that i love um i'm now i know this is an audio so forgive me but like and i know i got my camera on uh, for lee to check this out but like i picked up it all this is is a square i'm gonna show it on the screen here it's just a square it's a, a square block that's right. basically painted with Kirby's face. That's Kirby from Kirby's Adventure. It, um, it looks super cool, though. Absolutely, like the and color scheme. It looks super cool. And that's what it's a guy just basically almost like a like a like a Jackson Pollock, I think, just threw paint at it, covered it over, and painted uh, Kirby's eyes and his mouth. And he had all different types of colors. And me being me, I'm I'm as I think we all should be for our whichever home and native land we come from. I'm very mm-hmm. patriotic. My father is is a Vietnam veteran. Uh, so I'm like, do you have anything red, white, and blue? Because uh, he had a lot of solid colors. And he broke this out like at the bottom of his bag for no other reason. He just had no room to put it up. And I was yeah. like, sold. And that's what I love, the handcraftedness, if that's a word, the handcrafted <laughs> material. And I just, that's awesome. That's what I hang up so, all over the place. So you're, you're there for the, um, the homebrew stuff, basically. Now I am. I'm there nowadays. I'll be there for the home stuff uh, and the cosplay. Like for example, this year I went two days, Friday and Saturday. Uh, Friday I went purely to shop, and I dropped all my money on one table. <laughs> Place it. 
Yeah, it's uh, what they did. They did like this laser cut wood, and they detailly detail laser cut it to make it look like an old Nintendo controller, but it's got like wow. scenes of video games in the wood. Oh wow, that sounds super cool though. That's Stuff like that. Um, I'm a big. You'll have to send me a photo. Oh, absolutely. I will, and you can and cheap plug. Check out my Instagram at four three sixty five m o h r three six five. Again, you'll see links, pictures of that, and links to the podcast where I also post some of the stuff. And I'm a big pop vinyl collector. Huge. Wow, okay. Yeah, I got like over two hundred fifty of them. It's an illness at this point. And um, the these conventions, it kind of in a way, it's it's weird that I'm going to say this. But it kind of stinks because a lot of these conventions, like New York Comic Con, are now becoming almost pop vinyl conventions. Like you'll see just vendors, they're everywhere. Exactly, vendors selling pop vinyls for way overpriced than they should be. And Funko, the the creator of these, they have a booth there. They've had a booth there, I think, for the last three or four years. Um, but here's here's the catch: to to be able to purchase something at Funko booth, you need to through New York Comic Con, enter a lottery to win a ticket, to wait online, to possibly get a pop vinyl that may or may not be sold out by the time you get up to the register. So your chances of winning the lottery are better. Basically, basically. I've, I've done it. I haven't won the lottery, but I won the Funko lottery one year, and I waited online, and I got, I don't know, like six or seven pops that I wanted that were exclusive to Comic Con. Wow. Three or four. Um it's, it's crazy. And this year I got Sergeant Slaughter signed pop. So at least that was cool. Nice. So he was at Comic-Con this year. But, yep, he was there. And, so what was, the, yeah. was there anybody that um, in years past or even this year that you were really looking forward to seeing? Autographs. Stan Lee was probably the biggest one. Stan, you know, it was a couple years ago. It was advertised as his final Comic Con appearance ever, and this is a yeah. few years before he died. Right. So I'm like, oh, now I, it's my time to finally get his autograph, and yeah. I got a Stanley Pop vinyl, and I waited online, and this is going to segue into a story of the issues of Comic Con. But I get online, and I meet. That's a pretty funny story. So, so I'm online, and. Buy stuff or photographs. Prepare to wait online because you will be wait two hours online in order. The stool, the the uh, rock band drums from back in the day. So I'm oh, no, yeah, it's, it's, it's genius. It's one of it. I'm like I'm the smartest person. <laughs> Because yeah. it, break, it breaks down easily, and when I'm waiting online, I just set it up and sit and wait, you know, and just kind of and then wait to the front. So just video games are good for something. Yeah, at least they're accepted. Are well, Rock Band was. I'm not saying I'm not saying don't listen to your parents. You probably should still. But <laughs> when they say video video games will get you nowhere, that's not true. It got me to see Stan Lee. <laughs> see. Here's the problem. This is the problem with Comic Con. This is, this is a true story. So, I had uh, it was like a two o'clock autograph signing that I was going to go to for him, and he was signing since like noon. So I go down. There's a downstairs area of the Javits. I go downstairs, and they're like, anyone waiting for the two p.m. lineup, 
come back at like 1230. Like, all right. So I figure I come back at noon. Maybe they'll open it up early. But no, 1230. I'm like, okay. And there's already a line forming around this little, you know, just this little entrance way. So and all it is is just held back by like a velvet rope. Um, 1230 hits. You didn't try to jump that velvet rope, did you? No, no, I didn't. But all joking aside, for a good three seconds, I honestly thought I was going to get trampled. Because the, the maniacs wanting to get his autograph all bum rush literally rush the entrance to try and this poor the- guys but this poor guy's like 90 something right? yeah, well he's not even, like he's on the other side of the room so he's probably not even seeing this yet yeah. and, and literally security's like what like screaming at people to calm down i'm getting legitimately getting ready to throw elbows because i don't know yeah. what's happening for a good three to five seconds um and that's where some people get nuts at comic-con uh, that's that's the only downfall. Sometimes you'll see that and it just gets crazy at, at, at Comic-Con. Um, but needless to say, got online, met Stanley, awesome guy, very cool. You know, he was definitely one of the big ones. There's been some wrestlers through the years who I've met there. Met Greg Valentine there one year, and he was actually people would pay him extra for him to give a like a an open hand slap to the chest. Oh, just to give him a chop? Yeah, yeah, yeah. To basically to the point where Javits Center is like, can you please stop attacking the customers? You are not allowed to physically hit them. <laughs> Even though they're, they're giving you the extra 50 bucks, but please, let's, we don't want lawsuits. It's a giant open area in the bot in the basement of the Javits. I kid you not, it sounded like a gunshot every time Greg Valentine chopped somebody. Because he, he was going full I'm, force. I'm gonna- Oh, I can imagine, because a lot of them were like, that's fake, right? Oh, these were not fake. You, I mean, both you and I know it's, you know, it's maybe <laughs> choreographed, but it's not fake. <laughs> it's, it's, it's choreographed, but the violence is real. Oh. Haven't you kids ever listened? Haven't you guys ever seen the PSA? <laughs> Don't try this at home. Um, at so, home. Yeah, exactly. So the only downfall of Comic-Con are the lines. Uh, that That's about it. Everything else, though... Um, you know, some of the cosplays I've seen throughout the years has been short of phenomenal. I, you know, that's the thing. I, it always, I admire the people that love to do the cosplays and make their own costumes, but I also marvel at them. Where do they find time to actually do that? Because some of them are like, the detail. Some of them are nuts. And, And I've spoken to some people and some of them a few months they work on it they've been working on it for years a friend of mine friend of mine actually worked on uh uh for years so he's constantly wearing the costume but he was working on a ghostbusters costume or he worked on a ghostbusters costume and he had he made from scratch a basically a movie prop equivalent of the ecto pack to the point of the lights that are blinking the size the weight this thing looks amazing. This proton pack. Wow, I can imagine. Oh, only. Yeah. Um, I, get, I mean, I can, I can only imagine, like, what New York Comic Con is like. But what was there anything this year that really stood out to you? Yeah. So, and that's what I was gonna, now in New York. If you if if you've never been to New York, you may see a lot of these people dressing these costumes on a regular basis anyway, because that's New York City for you. You know, two o'clock in the morning on a Saturday night, 
in Midtown Manhattan, you're going to see some weird stuff. It's just business as usual. Yeah, <laughs> for a lot of this, it is. Um, but, you know, during Comic-Con, and you got, you know, I, and I mean this with all sincerity, and I, I mean it, you know, at tongue-in-cheek, so so there's no one take it verbatim, but there's three types of cosplayers. There's women who dress like Wonder Woman, who, you know, pull it off, they look sexy. There's women who dress like Wonder Woman who, you know, maybe physically or aesthetically can't pull it off, but God bless them, they're trying, and good for them that they're out there trying. So those are the three basic cosplays. Um, this year, what this year was good, shockingly, I did not see a lot of Jokers, the Joaquin Phoenix Joker. That really because the movie didn't open that weekend. It well that's I think uh yeah, because I just saw it a few days ago. And I think it's only been in theaters for maybe a week or week and a half. Just about yeah, Comic Con was about two weeks ago or so. So really not a lot. There were some, but not a lot. Uh big this year was uh Bro Thor or Fat Thor from Endgame. There was also a lot of, um, what else did they have? They had a lot of, how can I explain it? Um, sometimes you'll have like mixtures of characters. Like here's one. They had, someone had a regular Joker, but it was the Joker as the fiend to bring Wyatt. So it was like a Joker fiend. Nice. Yeah. That, that sounds so cool though. Yeah, like as a, as a wrestling fan, I'd love to see that. Another one, again, for a wrestling fan, this may be a little inside baseball, but another wrestling one, this guy was uh, cosplaying as Pentagon Jr., one half nice. of the brothers, and for a, for a split second, I'm like, holy cow, Pentagon Jr.'s here. This guy looked, I mean, he was accurate. He had the TNA, uh, the Impact Championship with him. It was crazy. The fact that, like, people are still calling it TNA, by the way, I'm just like, I'm just see, what so, you guys have, yeah. <laughs> see what you guys have done. You completely, like, and I'm I'm happy that they uh, basically were bought by a Canadian company. Oh, actually. They've, they've got their uh, funds in order and everything. But still, it's just, they've got, they've had so many names over the years. They have. I know we're getting slightly, know we're getting slightly off topic, but they've had so many names over the years that it's like, what are you doing? You know what it is to me. It's because they and and I hope they do good. I, I never want to see a, a, a company fold, but Impact has been tough to watch. But I think it's because, to me, Impact hasn't had no pun intended hasn't had an impact on yeah. the scene. TNA did once Impact starts really cooking on all cylinders, then the TNA goes away, and then you start thinking about Impact. So more cosplay. Um, you know, there was a lot actually a lot of Pennywise from it. Okay. Love them again, both men, women, and children. Yeah. Um, a few Jane Silent Bobs. I was happy to see them. Cool. A lot of those. Uh, video game wise, you know, you got your Street Fighters, you got your Mortal Kombat's. There was a, um, which was the weird one, a uh, like a Dominatrix Koopa and Princess Peach. That was odd. That seems yeah. That, I mean, that, whatever floats your boat. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh... And that's the other thing. Sometimes. You know, it's almost like kind of like Halloween. Um, and and I'm, you know, I'm again, I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but maybe when there's children around, maybe they think a little differently. But you know, sometimes the costumes are just women with a couple of pasties and small booty shorts on, if yeah. not less than that. So to me, there's a difference between dressing up like the comic book character 
And then just purposely dressing up for the shock and awe. Even if you're, you know, the hottest thing going there, you know, I'm like, eh, you know. Probably should have probably should have turned that back a little. Maybe. And and don't get me wrong. There's a lot of a lot of characters that just don't have a lot of clothing. Um, Again, if it's like accurate, then that's fine. Um, And that goes both ways, too, because I saw a couple years ago. Here's some of my favorites just overall. One year, there was two guys walking around. They were dressed like uh, Bob, and I don't remember the other guy's name, but the two henchmen from Michael Keaton's Batman, 1989. Oh, I really wish I could. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Old guy with the boombox. That was one guy. The guy was Bob, right? You were my number one guy. Um, The two of them. And they're blasting prints on the boombox. They got the jacket on. They're walking oh, yeah. around. I I was laughing so hard. That was like my favorite cosplay. Um, I mean, if, if you stuck around, they probably would have done the bat dance for you. Probably a little bat two C to go even further back. <laughs> um, one year, this guy dressed up as King Hippo from Mike Tyson's Punch Out. And jeez, wow. they, they go out. I'm telling you, and the dude was as he was a big dude. This guy was the size and shape of King Hippo. He was bald. He had the little crown on his head. He had the he had the cross, the taped cross on his belly button. You know, the X, I should say. Um, he had the boxing gloves, and he was walking around. And I'm like, again, winner. Yeah. For well, that's the thing. Like, if they were doing, if they were ever going to adapt that into a movie, because I mean, they did. Adapts for Mario Brothers into a terrible movie in 1995. <laughs> but if if they were to, I guess, adapt Punch Out into a movie, that guy would probably get the lead. He would have at least King Hippo because this guy was spot on. And I'm sure I have it somewhere in my in my history of uh, photos. I'll probably repost that. Um, I I like more low key costumes. Like mm-hmm. you know, it's. I saw Iron Man. I saw a ton of Iron Men. Full suit. I saw one guy whose helmet actually opened automatically, which was wild. You know, yeah. they had the glowing, uh, the who's a Watsi, uh, you know, on the chest, um, the arc reactor and everything. But to me, I find it almost more subtle or more, it takes more to, to try and process to dress up like Tony Stark as opposed to Iron Man or Clark Kent as opposed to Superman. Superman, yeah. Because all it is is it's, it's a suit. Yeah, and, with a hint. Like, you'll, you'll get a Clark Kent. He'll wear that white button-down shirt, but clearly you can see an S underneath it. Underneath, yeah. One of the well, they, they yeah. sell, um, they sell um, costumes like that now anyway, don't they? Where it's just like Oh, take the Clark Kent for example, where you're just like shirt, but it's open, and you just see the, the logo, right? Yeah, absolutely, and that's could it be? Trust, you'll get like Spider Man. You'll get a, a a guy or a woman dressed up like Spider Man, Spider Gwen, Venom, Carnage, whatever. And I mean, they just go all out the details, the eyes on the on the hood, uh, on the mask, and everything. Then you'll get people who just go out and buy the Halloween costume for twenty nine ninety five and just throw that on. Yeah. <laughs> it it just, works either. There, there are people that spend hours, months, years on their costumes. Thousands of dollars. And then, yeah. And then you'll get the people that go to Walmart and spend the thirty bucks. Sometimes it works. 
Uh, one of the best cosplay I thought from a like that made you think. Was a it was a man and a woman. They were dressed up, um, you know, like from the forties, from the thirties, from the forties. So they were very like upscale for the thirties and forties, and they'd walk around. And every once in a while, they would just drop to the floor, just just fall to the floor. Don't and they don't move. So they fall. Every time they would do that, whenever someone came around dressed up like Batman, and after two, three times I saw this, so every time Batman would walk by, they were dead. Yeah. Oh, geez. genius. Well, I mean, that's kudos to them for paying that close attention exactly. to, the, to the source material, right? Exactly. That's that's the best part. Um, and, and one of the other funny things that's been happening lately at New York Comic Con, and I think maybe also in San Diego as well, uh, my buddy Anthony Rippo, uh, the co-host of the Retro Gamers, he actually went to San Diego Comic Con uh, this year for the first time. He lives out there in L.A. But in New York for the last couple of years, so I'll walk around like Saturday. Saturday this year, I went for the podcast, basically just filming, taking pictures, taking video, stuff like that. Uh, and to plug, if you watch... The New York Comic Con edition of the Retro Gamers. There is near the end, uh, we put together like a two-minute what I filmed at Comic. You can see some of it. Um, cool. Oh yeah. When you take a picture of somebody, and, and everyone's happy to take a picture, you know. And sometimes it's kind of weird because if I don't know the character and I'm asking a woman who's like not really wearing much, I'm like, hey, ma'am, can you stop so I can take a picture of you for my own personal yeah. collection? <laughs> it's a little weird. That, I'm sure uh, that that'll go over well then. <laughs> Especially if I don't know the character. Well, if I can say, "Hey, Catwoman," let me take a picture of you. But what happens is you take the picture, and now everyone carries their business card with them, and they'll give it to you and be like, "Hey, if you're gonna put this up, tag me." I'm like, "Oh, yeah. that's it." I walked out with like a stack of business cards of just cosplayers, some of which kind of chased me in because the costume they were in, they couldn't talk, and I didn't realize what they were doing. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so that I didn't do it. Yeah, right. I I didn't <laughs> unzip your suit. I swear. <laughs> totally. Uh, <laughs> um, but there's and I've met a couple. I mean, I'm not gonna say I'm friends with them, but I do follow right. some cosplayers who I've seen at other conventions. Um, there's one I'll definitely uh, point out. Her name is Lanny Fay F E I L A N E Y. I think F E Y or F E I. She does a lot. I first saw her. She was dressed as Shira mm -hmm. at New York Comic Con. Uh, and then I saw her. She was, she's done a lot of Supergirl cosplay. Um, absolutely adorable. She's awesome. And I saw her at a, a different Comic-Con, Ace Comic-Con, out here on Long Island at the Nassau Coliseum, uh, where, the, where the Islanders play. And, um, you know, like, I remember I messaged her beforehand, not in a weird way. I was like, hey, you know, I've seen it a couple cons. I've tagged her in some photos. She's seen it. I'm like, cool. You know, we meet up and we met on the floor. So I finally got to say hi, like, hey, and she recognized me from my social media. So that was kind of cool. It was stuff like that. Well, it's always fun when you, like, get to meet somebody that you either follow or that you, you know, have been sort of paying attention to from exactly. afar, I guess. Exactly. Uh, just to see how, like, things with them are going. I mean, that's always the coolest thing. Yeah. You know, I, I find that with this podcast, people are like, you know, you this is a good show. You listen to it? <laughs> yeah, I've had that a couple of times, too. Um, I set up at a, a Long Island Retro Expo. We actually had a table for the podcast, and there was one or two people 
who like I've heard of you. And then me being me, I'm like, okay, you just being nice, sure. And then they like kind of mention something from the podcast. I'm like, oh, you do listen. That's weird. I, I well, you know, the, the thing I was I was um interviewing somebody from uh, Melbourne, Australia, that will air later on this uh, the Beats and Stays podcast, but. He was, I think after we were done, he was like, yeah, I listened to a couple of your episodes. And I was like, you did? <laughs> oh, okay. So it's not just me talking to the air. <laughs> <laughs> See, people around the world listen. That's why one week it's one, next week it's two, then four, then eight, and so on and so on. And so on. And, and I, you know, I'll never, I will never get used to it when people are just like, I listen to your show. You're you right. like you like the fact that I talk to you. All right. I mean, I can, I'll record a custom ringtone for you if you want. <laughs> oh, I've, I've gotten those at, com- at, at conventions. I got one, two, how many do we have? One, two, we got two or three custom drops that, well, we've bought, um, at different conventions, whether it's Chiller theater or there was a wrestling convention. Um, we got, Alan Oppenheimer, the guy who voiced Skeletor, the original He-Man cartoon. Uh, he also did, he was on Transformers, but I forgot who he was on Transformers. He may have been Starscream, actually, now that I think about it. But uh, we got him to do a drop for the Yin and the Yang. You're like, you know, this, I can't, I can't do his voice, but he did it as Skeletor. You know, Skeletor, uh, wow. the, uh, we got um, from Seinfeld, we got Jay Peterman. From, if you remember the character really? from Seinfeld, yeah, John O'Hurley. Yeah, wow. we got him for the better half. He draw, he did. He was a consummate professional when he recorded it. Um, and we got, uh, I forgot who we got. Someone from the wrestling one. I forgot, I forgot who it was. A friend of mine got it for me, but I can't remember who it was. But um, you know, and stuff like that. In fact, talking about cons, they're all over the place, and they got you know, if there's one and you. Where, and I'm not saying you have to, you know, if you don't want to mention it on the pod, I get it. But like where you are in Canada, there's definitely there's got to be conventions up there, probably. No matter how oh, big. Oh, there are a few. There are a few. Yeah, if you I mean, conventions. I. Yeah, well, I know that we have um, Anime North is up here every okay. year. They're out by the, the airport, I think. So that's. That's usually where these are, yeah. Yeah, they're up by the airport. It's not much of a convention, but we do have like the Canadian International Auto Show that happens every year. All right, well, that's something. Um, and there, and then there at the um, what do you call it? The uh, the Metro Convention Center, which is downtown, like in the heart of downtown. But I mean, you like, I don't I don't know if cons are a big thing up here as big as they are uh, in the states. Like you, of course, you guys have New York Comic Con. I know C2E2 is in Chicago. Uh, of course, San Diego. Granted, I hear that. Is San Diego really all that big still? Because I've heard that like not like it, it, the attendance every year is kind of like dwindling. It may. Um, I, I know New York Comic Con is starting to give it a run for its money as far as popularity. Um, as far you know, when I first started going to New York Comic Con, they really weren't like you weren't getting the Avengers there, or you weren't going to get some sort of scoop dropping at New York Comic Con. Um, Everybody was going to San Diego for that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's where it was all happening in San Diego. And shockingly, which I didn't realize this, this year was San Diego Comic Con's fiftieth, five zero, really 50th anniversary. Yeah, so it was They've a been it, that long. yeah, I think it was just more like like a like a Hollywood or a studio convention, kind of like what E3 started out to be. E3 was more for everyone in the business, and then they started opening it up a little bit more to the public. 
My buddy, though, Anthony, when he went to San Diego, I know he wasn't crazy because he doesn't like crowds. So he was the first place to go. But he said overall, San Diego, I think they had a new location, which is why it may literally be smaller than it used to be. Yeah. He said it was still a large crowd. Um, you know, it's, and he's been to New York as well. Cause he lived, you know, I grew up in Brooklyn, actually all of us who do all my podcasts, all my buddies, we all were born and raised in Brooklyn. And then we started branching out where we go. So yeah. and it's been to both New York Comic Con and San Diego Comic Con. You know, it's two like different ends of the spectrum. Yeah. No, yeah. no absolutely. You no, know, the East coast and the West coast are just two different entities. You're exactly right. Um, I live on Long Island. Sometimes I'll take the railroad into comp. Uh, I have family mm-hmm. still in Brooklyn, so sometimes I'll crash in Brooklyn because it's a little closer to the city. City. But either way, if I'm getting on the Long Island Railroad or I'm on the New York City subway system, and you see people dressed in these elaborate costumes heading, you know where to they're the going. Going. It is just yeah. so weird. But also at the same time, New York City once a year has a Ride the subway system with no pants day. So take yeah, what we have that we have we have that here too. Oh, oh maybe it's a maybe it's a, a thing then for all like subway lines. Okay, I saw that one time. I'm like, why am I the only one with pants on in here? <laughs> yeah. I feel a bit overdressed. Absolutely. Uh, but yeah, New York Comic Con. You know, I've as I mentioned before, as I get older, you know. The, the long lines. Yeah, I've gotten there. I've lined up at 4 o'clock in the morning for Comic-Con in the past. That's how that's how crazy it would be. The doors don't open until 10. So, you know, you, you get there about 4 a.m. You're hanging out that's in a the... a lot of coffee. Yeah, and I don't even drink coffee. So imagine how I'm going, what I'm going through. <laughs> um... You know, you're waiting online. It's October in New York City, right by the water. So it is freezing. Um, and that's the whole idea of what kind of because I started losing interest in New York Comic Con for a while because of those long lines and just the it, it gets hot. You're doing a lot of walking. You know, it a lot of it kind of adds up. And for it was one year I didn't go. Just one year I didn't time it was just a happening i wasn't happy i was like i just can't do this anymore and then because i was waiting online for autographs i was waiting online for the green power ranger um uh uh Jason david frank yeah and he was like two hours late so i'm like yeah um i got to meet william shatner who i got into an argument with oh that's there you go yeah so I'm probably the only person you know who's gotten into arguments with two different actors from two different generations of Star Trek. Please do tell. Chatner, who just he just he was Chatner. You know, everyone always has something to say about Chatner. He was William Chatner, the only guy who ever charged extra for the eight by tens that they have at the table that he signed. Right. Eighty dollars, and I'm like, why is this another? If I yeah got me going, and then I go up to him. He was kind of say short, but he wasn't really engaging. So I'm like, okay. And then he was like, hey, check out these ads, a bunch of flyers for his new album. So I check out the flyers. I'm like, okay. 
I go to grab one. He's like, please take a flyer. Like, I, don't, I, I can't afford to print more flyers. I'm like, all right, I'm out. Well, you just, you, I mean, you always run into those where you're just like, it is. Yeah, but I just like, come on. <laughs> I mean, you, you always run into those people where like their fame kind of wore off. Oh, well, his 25, old, 30 years. Honestly, old wisdom there. This was like right around the time he just started appearing on the Big Bang Theory. So, oh, uh, so that was that was one for the ages. Um, and I got a couple other stories here and there about other conventions, and right by Madison Square Garden. So you kind of meet up with everyone afterwards, and then kind of become cute and, and, and just just go through a giant bar crawl. Basically, yeah, that happens as well. I, you know what? I will have you on next year so we can talk about this again. Definitely. Hopefully it won't be a whole other year before we get to do this again, but I'll be more than happy I, to talk about New York Comic Con 2020. Well, I'd love to have you back on the show for any other reason. Just, this has been probably one of the easiest interviews I have ever done. Um, yes. So, Larry, thank you for coming on the Beats and Speaks podcast this week. I'm much appreciated. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, I am sure we will catch you down the road, but if you're on social media or any of the mediums, where can people find you? So basically, I'm almost everywhere. Every social media on Xbox, PlayStation, you can find me at more 365 M-O-H-R-365. And from there, you can find the various links uh, for the podcasts uh, on Instagram or on Twitter. They're not all everywhere, but you'll definitely find them, especially on Facebook. And wherever you listen to podcasts, whether it's uh, Apple uh, Podcasts, Spreaker, search, even search my name, Larry Mormon, um, and you'll find the podcast. So, And wherever you listen to them, just like you listen to this one here, give all of our podcasts the five-star reviews, a like, a thumbs up, whatever it is, um, so that way more people can definitely hear us. And, Lee, I had, I'm so happy you reached out. Um, I'm happy that we we connected Um because again, we got this shared passion of podcasting, and you know this is opening up something new. And this this has been happening. this is this is the happiest can of worms that I have ever opened up. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, but uh, Larry, it has been a, it has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you once again, and I'm sure we will catch you down the road. And anytime you want to come back on the Beats and Sticks podcast, the door is always open, my inbox is always on, and my Wi-Fi will always hold. I hope anyway. <laughs> Likewise, and we'll have you on. I got a plethora of shows that we can get you on. So if it's not one, it'll be another. <laughs> I will make I will make any guest appearance on any show you want me on, good sir. Awesome. Well, Larry, thank you, and uh, we will see you down the road. We'll see you later. Thanks for coming on, and uh, we'll talk to you soon, my friend. Yeah, to take care. Well, there it is. There you have it. There you go. My interview with fellow podcaster and New York Comic Con mainstay. Larry Mormon. Larry, thank you once again for coming on the Beats and Speaks podcast. It was a real pleasure to set up the interview and to have you on the show. I loved going back and forth, talking to you about your love of com New York Comic Con, why you go so much, why you keep going back, and your plethora of podcasts. If you want to follow my guest, Larry Mormon, on social media, Follow him on Instagram and I suppose the rest of social media at more, M-O-H-R, 
365 and you can find out all the information about his plethora of podcasts he hosts the yin and yang podcast the better half podcast talking more wrestling the retro gamers podcast and if i'm missing one i'll find it i will post as much information on larry in the description below larry thank you once again for coming on the show it was a real pleasure to have you if you ever want to come back and you ever want to do another episode please do just reach out and there will always be a spot for you here thank you all once again for listening to this brand new episode of the beats and speaks podcast of course i am your host lee dickey and if you want to find the beats and speaks podcast new episodes go live every single friday at midnight eastern time on my official website leetdickey.com itunes apple Podcasts, spotify google play and wherever you get your favorite podcast, please do like and rate us five stars. Leave us reviews as well on your favorite podcast app and player of choice. You can also leave reviews on my official Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash Lee T. Dickey. And as well as the official Beats and Speaks podcast landing page on my official website, LeeTDickey.com. All those links will be in the description. Find us on YouTube as well under Lee Dickey TV. Now, if you'd like to be a guest on a future episode of the Beats and Speaks podcast, please do email me at Lee T. Dickey, that's L-E-I-G-H-T-D-I-C-K-E-Y at gmail.com, and we will set something up so you can find yourself and hear yourself on a future episode of the Beats and Speaks podcast. Thank you once again to my guest, Larry Mormon, for coming on the show. Thank you all once again for listening. Please do comment, like, share, and subscribe, and we will see you all next Friday for a brand new episode of the Beats and Speaks podcast. I've been Lee Dickey, your host, right here on the Beats and Speaks podcast, and I am signing off. Peace. LeeTDickey.com